All right, everybody. It's Leafs talk, not live tonight. YouTube meltdown. I, you know what? This this show had plenty of technical difficulties last year, Justin. It was a grind at times, but this one feels kind of nice that it's it's not our fault for once. You know, it was nobody in the, mm. the team's fault. So we're not live right now. We're recording the sucker. We asked you to stick around. Sam McKee living the life of luxury tonight. Go into the game, sit in the alumni box with Kipper. Like, can't all be so lucky. Anyway, um, yeah, this one, dude. Uh, I, I I got a few thoughts on it. Can I just say I didn't think it was as bad as I think some people thought. Where were you at with tonight? No, I mean I thought the whole thing was pretty stinky. Uh, honestly, like yeah. like if the whole season has felt somewhat like that at times, like there have been tinges of this, right? Like it hasn't been a full on comprehensive uh, three game uh, start here for the Maple Leafs. Like there are obviously guys who are performing at a very high level right now. I guess you could limit it maybe to Austin Matthews and William Nylander if we're going like ceiling uh, levels here, but there are a lot of issues. There are still things that need to be ironed out here. Uh, Goaltending is one of them. Uh, You know, half of the defense core is another them uh uh, one of them the middle six is in complete flux right now so this this team despite like looking very pretty being a little you know polished on the outside uh there's some intricacies that still need to be dealt with here yeah i think that's right it's weird i guess the reason why i don't as bad about tonight is that the leafs had the two best players on the ice in austin matthews and william nylander like those two guys to me were pretty dominant throughout the contest and then the rest of the lineup I think left quite a bit to be desired. Like all those things that you talked about, Hey, are the Leafs going to be able to defend this year? Well, they didn't look so good in transition at times. They didn't look so good defending the cycle. It looks like they're going to have a problem with big bodies below the dots all year long. Like you saw what the Felino Perry line was able to do to them. And yeah, pretty much a, I don't know, incomplete, how do you want to describe this Blackhawks team? Not exactly very talented, very good. So for them to be able to hang with Toronto with a lot of the players that, yeah, we're not 88 and 34, I thought was a little concerning. But I think it was more that than the effort thing tonight. Like, I, I didn't view this as a, the Leafs didn't get up for this. I, I think it was like, they maybe the six or that bottom six and some of those blue line pairings, like they just didn't look good. <laughs> they just haven't looked good. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games, right, where Chicago, and we've seen many teams, many teams do this, many lesser teams. I mean, Arizona comes to mind as one mm-hmm. in particular. It's like they can kind of shell up a little bit and make it really hard to break down unless you're throwing six aside. And Austin Matthews might, like, I, it's it's ridiculous that he didn't score when it was six on five there. How many there. shots did he have tonight? I, it, like it, just, it just seemed like, what's the expected goals? I mean, plus one, like above one, just on that six and five condition alone. Uh, yeah, but teams can shell up, right? And, and yeah. I think Chicago, to a certain extent, shelled up. They scored on the counterattack, which is wouldn't be surprising uh, of a team that is, you know, shelling up for a large majority of it. So it wasn't run and gun, like I guess it was in most parts of the first two games. I guess they sucked the Wild into a game that the Wild generally don't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you can shell up and only one line or a couple players are really running, that's when you just it, it's impenetrable a team like the Chicago Blackhawks becomes Mm -hmm. impenetrable. And and that's, I think what we, what we saw tonight, like a lot of inferior teams can come and induce that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw parts of that tonight from Chicago. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, Matthews, by the way, nine shots tonight, Uh, a miracle. He didn't score. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll go so far as to say like they do bold predictions during the intermissions. 
I'll say Matthews will never have another game in his life where he gets nine shots like that and doesn't bury one of them. So maybe just like a little bit of regression. No, dude, I think you're that. And I know it's game three, but this is a reaction show. If you were to look at this team right now, three games in, which will not matter come end of the year. But if you were a Leaf fan that was trying to think about, hey, what is this group going to do differently come playoff time, right? They wanted to add more secondary scoring throughout the lineup. And right now with Domi kind of, and we've been really hard on Domi so far throughout his first couple of games, McKee and I, but hmm. this is another game where I went, what, what, did, what is it that you say you do here? Like what, yeah. what was the Domi moment tonight? Do you have one? Cause at least with Reeves, you know, I see him bumping bodies and doing his thing where he's getting in the mix with guys. I know he's on the ice for another goal where it's a little bit unfortunate, but he is. So mm-hmm. the analytics guys are going to hammer him. But I, I saw Reeves doing Reeves things. I think Bertuzzi has taken too many penalties, but this was the book on him. But at least he's making a lot of positive plays, some good zone entries, some smart plays around the net, some good passes, some good attempts. Like the other guys on this team, Minton and Nyes, again, kind of invisible. And then Domi, invisible. Like I don't see where the other production's coming from if it's not the stars so far. Yeah, it's it's tough to say because it's a great story, Fraser Minton, but I think a lot of the issues are rooted in Fraser Minton to a certain extent because mm-hmm. it's kind of just a middle six in flux, right? And, and I yeah. know Domi got his demotion, uh, and I, it was warranted. He got his demotion from carelessness in the offensive zone and throwing passes away. And we were up in the press box the other game, and it's just like a beer league play where he's like flying through the legs into the slot, immediate turnover goes the other way. That's the type of stuff that Sheldon Keefe wants to get out of all these guys games. So he's kind of picked up that whipping boy status, but if something was working more in the middle six, other than individuality from the William, Neal- uh, from William Nylander and John Tavares looked pretty dangerous in this game as well. You'd have some more set, but there's nothing working on the third line. So it's almost used as your punishment ground. Right. And that's mm-hmm. where Max Domi ended up. I-, I feel like the one guy who's hurting the most from this you mentioned is Matthew Nyes. Like 100%. there is more impact there. 100 he's showing you a little bit maybe less in this game than the first two but there's just nowhere for him to go right now like he's trying to latch onto something and, and and no one can really come along for the ride with him so i do think a lot of those uh issues are rooted in the third line center position not having a third line center is clearly an issue for this team uh and there's only really one other identifiable issue which is yeah you probably need another defenseman to knock everyone down a rung so the weaknesses are pretty obvious but how do you go about fixing them? And what's the next step if Frazier Minton doesn't go by nine and a half games? I'd be shocked if he did because he's just not having the impact he needs to have in the middle of the ice in the middle six. Yeah, the problem is, is that if you swap out Minton and you put in Pontus Holmberg, like how different are the results going to be? How much have you shored up the the need for offense from your bottom six guys? Like mm-hmm. the, the options there are just not pretty. And again, Minton beat out Holmberg in the preseason. Like this wasn't handed to him. This shouldn't be a shock to anybody. And he still beat him out. And I will say, okay, to Minton's credit, this is kind of the the pros and the cons. I don't think that he looks as overwhelmed anymore. He, he does look like he's catching up slowly to the speed of the game, but there are also just some mistakes where he gets opportunities in the offensive end. He does have the boy body at times that you really notice. And the speed at times just, like, did you see him on the penalty kill where he gets walked at the blue line where it's just they they put him out there for some reason and he tries to deny his own entry. He just gets kind of like stepped around. And and there are moments where you see him 
where he just looks completely in over his head. So I, I'm with you. I don't think that there's going to be 10 games. I hate ragging on him because it's one of those things where you go, he's he's not supposed to be here. You know, like yeah, it should Frazier be a good Vincent. story. It should be exclusively a good story. But yeah, na- that, now that, we're trending I mean. toward it being not as much. Yeah. So I'll stop doing it because I I feel it's <laughs> it, I feel like it's child abuse. <laughs> I feel like it's child abuse. <laughs> like I'm just beating up on okay. this kid. Okay. So if, if Fraser Minton is most out of place, who's yeah. second most out of place for you right now? Jake McCabe. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like. Yeah. I knew when he came here that he was going to be aggressive, but I thought that that really only was going to extend to the hits. I didn't know that he was going to be trying to make so many plays on the offensive end. Like, and the pinching with the top guys out there, sometimes I'm going, what, what are you doing? Why is Bertuzzi removing himself from the play? Why is Austin Matthews removing himself from the play? Why is Mitch Marner removing himself from the play? Like, there's just so many moments with McCabe right now where I'm scratching my head going, what are you thinking? Like this, this there's way too many of those for me right now. Yeah. I think most people came into the season, you know, looking at that second pairing and being like, okay, well, you're going to have to worry about it, but predominantly you're going to have to worry about Klingberg because if he has to log defensive minutes, there's, there's going to be an issue. And I'm not saying, you know, Klingberg's uh, you know, finished product that you feel great about him logging 18, 19, 20 minutes at night. But if I'm looking at that pairing and looking at the three games, yeah, it's Jake McCabe. McCabe who who looks like he's doing stuff that's unnatural. Yeah, and that's venturing too far in the offensive zone. That's pinching and trying to land big body hits when you've you're letting a guy like John Klingberg mop up some some odd man rush duty. Like it's it, right now, I don't think those two mix very well but I'm still kind of encouraged from what I've seen from John Klingberg maybe that's because he's getting so many offensive opportunities with guys who are going to put the puck in the net Uh, but I'm not as worried about Klingberg fit in the end and I now I think we're kind of if you're looking at it's always been the right side right you always got to add a right shot defense now it's got to be a left shot defense it's got to be a guy who plays on that left side either at the top bumping Morgan Riley down which is probably not something you have to do but again whatever the pieces uh, fit the best they can but it's dropping McCabe down getting him into a third pairing role and probably getting Mark Giordano who's maybe third most out of his element right now maybe out of the lineup or or just playing when needed it seems like the obvious needs right now for the Maple Leafs are a third line center it doesn't have to be some guy who's game breaking but reliable and can make other guys actually or can lift other guys so that they can do their thing and then a top four guy on the left side like it's really obvious what they need and it might be attainable you look at last year they added what seven eight guys to the playoff roster like I I do think true living can get these pieces in place but there's gonna be months where they're playing shorthanded dude it's weird to think that they would potentially have to do another deadline like that i I just i think that there are some internal options for the forward group but they're probably not gonna work out the Mm -hmm. blue line mentioned this before but it, it feels like every one of the defenders outside of tj brody right now needs some kind of responsible partner to be with them and i and that doesn't feel like a good sign early on like Jake McCabe, to me anyways, if he's going to play with Klingberg, he has to know his role a little bit more. And I will say that one of the most exciting games to me was just like that beautiful Klingberg seam pass to McCabe where he did jump up in the rush. And I thought like that was kind of a nice play between the two of them. But yeah, outside of that, I I actually would love to see, you know, just like a one man breakdown of McCabe throughout tonight, especially when he was just like decisions in his own end, decisions in the offensive end. Just felt like he was fighting it and trying to find an identity all night long. And I, and I will say, like, if there's a positive of this, Klingberg totally has exceeded my expectation. I did want to ask you this, like, okay, not not like 
kind of tangible thing where you would say like Reeves's toughness, right. Or Marner's, uh, you know, uh, awareness or, or vision, but like actual tangible skill set item. Number one on the team, for example, to me is like Austin Matthews wrist shot, right? His wrist shot is the number one, most special trait of the team. I think that two would almost be like, I know I'm trying not to be vague with these things with like William Nylander's lower body strength, but it's kind of like his ability. I, mean, I was thinking about Nylander and that is, that is a, that's a well put characteristic, honestly, because that's, Man. that's what you're seeing, like more power, like Nathan McKinnon. What, what he, he's kind of like a bull, right? Like there's more yeah. bull in Nylander this year. There's a moment I wrote down around it's in, it's in the second period, second period. Uh, if we go back and Jobo maybe puts this thing on the tape, but a little bit midway through where he's behind the net and he gets hit by two Blackhawks defenders. They come in and they're both seeking like, we're going to try to hit you hard off a puck. And they mm. dislodge him from it because it's a 2-1-1 one, one where they get him behind the net. But both guys are hitting him hard and he just barely moves. Like Didn't, he didn't is- a black. Didn't a Blackhawks defenseman lose his stick? Like his stick yes. just like fumbled out of his hands because yeah, dude, he bumped into They're just into trying Leonard, to yeah. hammer him. Yeah. And it, it's like a comic book character. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. they, when there's those scenes in a comic book, like someone tries to punch Superman in the face and he just doesn't even move and the hand kind of quivers after hitting him. Yeah. That's what it looks like sometimes when guys are trying to tee up Nylander for hits. And I know he's always been a, a lower body freak, a lower body, you know, this is part of who he is. But I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, he even hit the weight room a little bit more. I don't know if it's just man body stuff, but like the goal he set up tonight for Tavares, how he's just walking in the zone. Guys can't take the, like it, it genuinely, it, the only guy that it can kind of reminds me of a little bit is Matt Sundin when he would be behind the net and you couldn't take the puck off him, but that was like his reach and his size and a different NHL. This is just an athletic freak who is completely in the zone right now. I, I, I just, I can't get over how great William Nylander looks. Yeah, he looks awesome. I mean, as dominant as he ever looked. And obviously, Austin Matthews, you know, back-to-back hat-tricks. He's got the six goals. He's got a lot of the moments. But a lot of those moments were, I don't know, six on five. And there's he's he's putting pucks in the net, right? And and Mm -hmm. I think the wow moments for the Maple Leafs to start the year have almost exclusively belonged to William Nylander. Like, couple the the goal he scored, well, he scored two. But a couple goals, or one of the goals he scored, I believe it was the second one, on Saturday night, it just, like, there was almost a silence among the crowd because it was like, oh, my God. Like, Holy William shit. Nylander is absolutely in control and doing things at a level he wasn't last season. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Contract year, mm-hmm. you put a little extra effort into your offseason. You talked the talk uh, saying it was going to be your best year and you're going to redefine how much you're going to make. And now it's just pay him, right? It's just like this guy, I understand it can be a little bit fleeting and it won't be like this forever. And will Mm -hmm. the summers always look like that for William Nylander? But imagine losing this guy right now. He looks like one of the best offensive weapons in the NHL. And for that reason, it's just, Hey, what do you need Willie to make you happy? Because there's no way I want to see a team with the Maple Leafs right now that does not include William Nylander. Well, it's not going to be a big secret, but the Chicago Blackhawks are going to have over $50 million in cap space this offseason. And so the team they just faced, it tonight would have felt a lot different if he would have been on the other side playing with Connor Bedard. Uh, okay, so that's the last big topic for me. Because, yeah, I have 34 and 88, great. Pad McCabe, lack of depth as my top three topics. But now let's move into, yeah. Um, we've got, I've, I've got to watch him now a couple of different times, but this was, eh, I watched the entire Pittsburgh game. Cause that was a standalone. I didn't get to watch 
all of the Habs game, obviously. But yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about Bedard almost because he's just he's clearly special. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what are you supposed to say? There's an energy when he has the puck on his stick. There's the play he makes in the first period. He ends up with four shots on goal. I feel like Taylor Hall actually looked him off a couple of times where maybe he would have had a goal tonight. Like he puts himself in good position. He makes these just beautiful plays in tight where like defenders are draped on him and he's tiny. And these are men who are in the NHL. And he's again, a 19 year old who just stepped into the league and it's, it's hard to get the puck off him. I, I just like, he's just basically delivered on every single promise that I thought he was going to so far, even though he wasn't on the, the, the goals, uh, he didn't score a goal tonight. Yeah, you see it most on the rush, I suppose, because yep. he's not having to actually deal with bodies. But on the rush, he looks like he's making the correct decision or the correct read or the correct correct play to give himself the maximum amount of time and space and opportunity. What, 99% of the time? And I know we haven't seen 100-odd men rushes yet for Connor Bedard, but it looks like he's got such mastery of odd man scenarios. And I, and I was thinking about it before a game, like, can he dominate like Connor McDavid? It's going to be tough because you're not as big as Connor McDavid. Can yeah. he dominate like Austin Matthews or score like Austin Matthews? Again, it's like it's probably going to be tough because you're not as big as Austin Matthews. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to like say no anymore, right? Like I think he's just going to define himself as the superstar generational, probably that he is. And I and I was trying to come up with a comparison because Marner doesn't feel right, and it can't be Matthews or McDavid based on the size and what they can do out there. Yeah. Is it like is it Nikita Kucherov? Is that like the is it the closest guy that he reminds you of? Yeah, Nikita except Kucherov, for Nikita without, Kucherov like, that... took the game seriously all the time like exactly yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's like, it, it, it if you had a like conscience be that. Yeah. yeah if you took if you put a conscience inside of nikita kutrov's <laughs> brain that's what you would kind of get is is if it I wasn't just probably, april and may yeah that's probably mm. the closest comp man no even yeah even in the playoff months kutrov makes some plays where you're like this guy this guy is really one of the best huh like this guy's got stanley cup rings and was one of the main reasons they end up getting them yeah mm. i think he's terrific and you're right like one of my favorite things to see like what I think is part of what makes McDavid so special is that off the rush calmness that he has where it's, he's going faster than the other guy on the ice, but then with his, with the puck on his stick, he's able to make it seem like that part of it is in slow motion. And mm. Bedard has that like Bedard has that. What I only really see consistently with McDavid, which is the play you saw in the first one where you're like, Oh my God, he's going so fast. He's probably not going to be able to, Oh no, he did. He, he'd made the move exactly that he wanted to make. And he did it in a kind of a calm closing fashion. And so I'm just excited to see the entire career of that. And I love that the NHL has another one of those guys. It's almost as though he's controlling the defenseman that he's skating in on uh, with the puck, right? It's, yep. it's almost like he's placing them where he wants to go. And honestly, you nailed it there. I, I think only Connor McDavid does that around the league. And I think we're seeing signs of it already from Connor Bedard and I think that would be a main difference between a guy like Nikita Kucherov and him like Kucherov's got that finishing ability that that Bedard clearly has I don't think he can do that though and that's why I think a guy like Bedard I do think the ceiling would be more than that we're talking about a Nikita Kucherov who once had the highest scoring season in in the salary cap era before Mm -hmm. McDavid went and changed all that so yeah I mean the ceiling is unbelievably high for this guy and uh, it's been a pretty tremendous start yeah, they got to be encouraged too with all that cap space moving forward. Where it's like, hey, the team probably isn't going to be very good this year. Like they're just not. They, they don't have a lot. I thought it was actually kind of a nice game from their blue line, but yeah, mm-hmm. their forward group they they don't have too much there. Obviously, it's, in net, 
Yeah, it, it's leaf like. So I was gonna say in that, yeah, they tanked, but they did it yeah. right, and, and they were yeah. rewarded for doing it right. Like it wasn't yeah. sloppy. It was a pretty methodical teardown, and it just happened to be a pot of gold at the end of it. I like though that their number one tank move can be attributed to trading for the goaltender that Kyle Dubas gave a three year contract to yes. during a cup run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a good reminder. It's a good yeah, reminder. It's just... <laughs> that's a toughie yeah. that's a toughie mm-hmm. uh okay so those are the big ones for me any other big topic for you or time to move into rapid fire let's go to rapid fire yeah okay uh number one i think it's just again it's a it's another game for the ryan reeves uh debate which is what exactly is he bringing because he's yapping with cory perry then cory mm-hmm. perry ends up scoring a goal where he gets in behind the defense and and buries one he actually had some dangerous plays i'm not going to say like reeves caused that to happen but yeah, I thought that that line, the Perry and Felino line was pretty engaged throughout the game and they definitely got the upper hand. But when I did watch Reeves, it was like he made some hits. He had a great first shift. I don't know. It's a hard part to remember in this game, but he actually caused a turnover and created a shot on net. And I went, whoa, stick that in your expected goals for. And then <laughs> the rest of the game, not as much. But yeah. yeah, just the havoc, the trash talk, everything being on the ice for a goal against um, yeah, just kind of the perfect Reeves night. Again, we're three for three on the debate. Yeah. I mean, tale of old time as old as time, excuse me, of uh, Corey mm-hmm. Perry, just like winning that part of the matchup, winning at the margins, dominating yeah. whoever it is, I know. whether it's a guy like Ryan Reeves or a guy like David camp, like it, it just doesn't matter. Corey Perry is going to have that edge uh, again. Like you, you could just talk yourself in circles about this, right? Like mm-hmm. clearly, they see some value in that room beyond Brad, what Brad Treliving said. Uh, they see some value in the room. Austin Matthews going first to him and in some post-game stuff. Clearly, it gives you some life. Clearly, it gives the building some life when he lays two massive hits and fights a guy. But when a guy like Corey Perry, who is a veteran, who understands these situations, mm-hmm. thrives in the mud, if you want to call it the mud, like ultimately it will come down to who can play a little bit better and Corey Perry at this stage, getting a breakaway opportunity and being the worm is going to provide that edge and be better at the margins where Ryan Reeves is trying to make his impact. So on Mm -hmm. a night where it's Corey Perry, uh, it's unexpectedly going the way of the Chicago Blackhawks. But I do think uh, it's been in large part, a pretty positive start for Ryan Reeves. And I saw what a lot of people saw uh, the other half of the equation saw against the Minnesota wild team where he did have a positive impact and Mm -hmm. he remains revered by his teammates. And again, I don't know how connected these things are, but Austin Matthews looked more physical tonight than he did on an average night last season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I've enjoyed the Reeves experience so far. I will say, yeah, they couldn't have gotten a Corey Perry signing done this time around because Chicago threw too much money at him. But I couldn't help but feel like, yeah, it's just been multiple years of them missing out on this guy who would be so perfect for their bottom six, like year over year over year. It's someone else. It's a different veteran with that different complexion. And you go, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I get it. The Joe Thornton thing and whatever, you know, just different vets come through here and I go, but it, it almost feels like it should have been Corey Perry all along. He's just, he's the one that got away from me with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Chicago better do its part and, and deal them at the deadline. Like we can't have a playoffs without Corey Perry. I don't no, care they, where he well, ends but up, but it's just, it's still a decent chunk of change. Like I still 2 million. How, yeah. It'll yeah. It's like, million. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be real money. Um, Noah Gregor. I like him, but no more fighting. I know he answered the <laughs> bell, but 
It was it was Arbor Jack I like, right? Like get down yeah. to the knees as fast as you can, a quick turn down to the knees. He took a couple while he was on his knees, but yeah, yeah I mean uh, it's I I guess he can play a little bit bigger by uh with Ryan Reeves, but it was more, you know, the face plan from Zaitsev. Yeah. Uh I just think that if you remind me of Dylan Dennis, then not good. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. No more of those. Uh what do you think of Joe Wall? Sorry, Wall. Yeah, a little uh I guess we got a little late addition to the pronunciation guide. Um though because i'll i'm gonna screw it up for the rest of my life and people are gonna do it and i'm gonna say wall wall and it's like uh i, I just just do it at the beginning man please I, I was told it was it rhymes with rock and roll and that makes it all that more difficult so i'm not even again let's just talk about the back <laughs> of gold editor for the least <laughs> i know wall. it's, it's impossible to say that it rhymes with rock it's impossible roll. to say it if you if you think about it that way so now it's yeah. just it, it completely in head uh, yeah. I don't feel any differently. Like, I don't yeah. feel any differently about the Maple Leafs goaltending situation. I don't think by what we saw, it looks like a guy that's ready to steal a starter's job. I nope. think we could maybe get to that point if he strings a couple of good uh, games together. But I think the consensus and how I felt coming in was, yeah, they got a pretty good backup goaltender. And he looked like a pretty good backup goaltender at times who didn't make the big saves that I guess an elite goaltender could have in, in the opportunities that he got. I mean, it looked like a backup goaltender that gave its team its chance to win, and they just didn't score for him. Yeah, I have really nothing else to add on that. He faced 30 shots against a Blackhawks team where I think if this is last year's Leafs team, that Chicago doesn't get 30 shots. This is this year's mm -hmm. Leafs team. You might kind of have to live with that. And I, I said after last show, it's hard attack hockey at times with these guys, especially the way that the defensemen are playing. And I, I just don't expect that to not continue. It's like, you're going to play this way with those goaltenders. You're going to have to live with these kind of results. Overall, I just thought he was good. Like, you're, you're right. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think that he let in a real stinker. Um, he was solid. I, I liked some of the saves, especially early on in the game. But yeah, nothing overly spectacular that stood out to me where I was like, holy crap, this is just like an amazing thing for him. Another more worried, more worried about Samsonov than I am Wall, but not oh, playing yeah, for Wall to take his job, right? Like that's that's yeah. just the reality. Yeah, you, you have to be. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, there's any question there. Um, yeah, another goal song. <laughs> Oh Damn. man, they they have really really fumbled this. Have they? Not? How did they do so poorly? This is unbelievable. Like three games and three goal songs, and you you thought this was gonna be all right? Like, and and I, I know that probably most people didn't even notice it on television because you just accepted that it was the Kid Cudi song, and you we were all waiting for the first time, and now you just didn't expect it, and then all of a sudden it was dupe dupe, and now it's. Panama and I went I like Panama the song something doesn't fit with me though for the goal song of the team and I just this oh, it, no. it, it this is just a weird this is an unnecessarily weird situation that Toronto has put themselves in like you had a song that needed to change just pick one song and mm -hmm. stick with the other song like every other team has done forever like it's just I, I don't get it. I, I do not know how they got here, really, other than just too many middlemen, too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, I, I don't know what else to attribute this to. I mean, we've reached saga territory, like officially. I, and it, it's it, it just every time they do something to address the issue, they make a mistake. It seems like not oh. doing it earlier was a mistake because everybody wanted it to change. The yep. players included the players are the most important thing. Do it. Then they make a change. I don't know if they went into focus groups, but they found a song that they, they thought did. was appropriate. And then they realized 
the lyrics, you can't you can't do it because there's complaints and they want to be squeaky clean because that's who the Maple Leafs are. So they change it. And now I think they're in the cycle where they have to do like 41 songs. They because they, right. they're just like they're good. They got to do 41 songs now. We got to do a different one every time because now it's like, oh, we're just testing them and waiting for people to not hate it which is the worst thing that they could do. Like this is a complete mess and it's all self-imposed. It's a disaster. Dude, this is one of my least favorite things about corporate culture is that the second someone complains about anything, it's just like, oh my God, we don't want to have any risk. Like screw it, scrap it. The Kid Cudi song, I, I have heard a billion times. Like I, like you and I are both, you're an 80s baby or early 90s? <laughs> 80s like yeah. this was this was prime university yeah, like that's, you've probably that, that's sung I mean. it a million times that's that's what i'm saying is i've heard the song a million times i've never thought of like the connotation and i even read the lyrics after and i was like seriously this is mm. what we're doing here um i'm not I'm, surprised with the leaves though just i, not I know at all. Just, i'm surprised it, it got through because that's how attentive they are to these things just the idea that, like, first of all, whoever complained, you gotta, you gotta evaluate what's going on in your life. Mm. Like, you gotta give yourself like ten minutes alone and go, "What am I doing?" You know, why, what, why, what, what, what Sorry. am I, <laughs> what, what am I doing here? And the leaves for actually acquiescing to this complainer and this these people that had nothing better to do than be faux outraged, like. It's just painful. It's just, it's truly painful. Anyway, I never thought that we were going to have, I thought we were going to do one Leafs talk with the goal song and that that was going to be it. And so far we're three for three. So we'll see. It's 41. We're getting 41. We'll see you next time. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for making time tonight. Filling in. It's a for pleasure. Sam, just luxury box. Sammy, luxury box McKee, his third so game. I didn't know the reason. I thought he was, I thought it was a sickness. I thought he came down with something. I see him on Kipper and Bourne. I'm like, what is, what's happening? But uh, I didn't know. Well, it was he came down box. with it's the, beautiful. came down with the, I'm close to Nick Kiprios flu. Yes. Like that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. So that is, it's the best flu. I will say that the technical difficulties that befell us tonight felt a little bit like the Sam McKee curse. I'm not saying it was a hundred percent that, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying it cannot be ruled out. Like it, no, it can't. It, it just can't. Uh, let's hear you on, again, subscribe to Fan Pregame, where you can hear Cuthbert and Ailish now uh, every single day on the fan. And national television is a nice touch. Yeah, I got to get haircuts weekly. It's a complete yeah, new life change. It's, that's, it's, uh, it's a challenge. It's, a yeah, challenge. It's, it's, it's tough to be you now. Makeup? You doing the makeup? No makeup, no. Kipper's oh, wow. leaving it on the table, though, yeah. and it's like it's, it's very – I might have to start because Kipper does it. Maybe that gets me to the box. Yeah, but you don't want to touch Kipper's makeup because he's very particular about it, and he gets, mm. obviously, the good stuff. And it's very dependent on, like, your skin tone. So just, you know, you don't – you're a bit of a darker complexion than Kipper. You want to be careful with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, subscribe to this podcast. Leave five stars. Share it. Do all those things. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube when this thing's posted. And then, yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Justin Cuthbert and J.D. Bunkus. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will see you after the next game.